0: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bowman, and this is the Opera Glasses podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest who wears many hats. He is a Canadian stage director and artistic director of Against the Grain Theatre in Toronto, as well as the artistic director of Edmonton Opera, and he's the program director for opera at the Banff Centre. So Joel Ivany, welcome to the Opera Glasses podcast. Thanks so much for coming.
1: Thank you. Do I call you Lizzie, Elizabeth? What's what's the official.
0: Oh, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what would you prefer?
0: God, it's so confusing. You oh. know, I mean, just call me Lizzie. Okay. Lizzie. Call me Lizzie. Yeah. I, I go by Elizabeth in print. And then the reason why I go by Lizzie, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just going to explain that at cocktail parties after operas, I was always asked what my name was you know and it's very loud and i would say lizzie and then they would say nice to meet you Lindsay," or nice you know like there's so many names that sound like it but nobody ever got lizzie out of lizzie right and so i was like okay you know what my name is now elizabeth but now i never go to cocktail parties so i don't know maybe i should change this okay okay starting again yes All right. Because your name to me and to many others, I'm sure, is synonymous with innovation in opera. I wanted to ask you, what does innovation in opera look like to you? How would you define it?
1: That's a great question. What does opera innovation look like to me? Opera innovation, when I think about that, it's what is advancing the art form? And again, what does that mean? It's It's, I think, something that is progressive, something that that is moving forward, Um, whether that is technology, whether that is artistic ideas or stagecraft, whether that is musical instruments. Um, I I think innovation is just, yeah, simply continuing what has been done. I think when the greats of what we know, whether that's Verdi, Puccini, Mozart, um, what they were trying to do is shake up the industry and kind of do something new. And and that to me is innovative then. And so what are we doing now beyond just writing new music, which is critically important, but yeah, what, what can we do from a presentation standpoint and in other ways as well?
0: I followed obviously your work with Against the Grain and obviously during the early pandemic, You made lemonade out of lemons with the Messiah Complex Project, which was a very, um, sorry to use this word, but complex filmography. Uh, situation, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a full full film of, of of a multilingual, multicultural, multimedia production all across Canada, and the New York Times hailed it as a rousing and decidedly Canadian version of Handel's Messiah. So, congratulations for all the accolades and awards that project has has brought you. I wonder about how the experience has sort of fast forwarded the idea of incorporating film into your overall work.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was uh was is a really tough time for all of us, like all of us and then extra for like artists where everything just stopped and then it was kind of like, well, what do we do? And I'm someone who work is something that is like my life and something that is just intertwined. And so the idea of not working was great for a little bit. And then it was kind of like, okay, I'm getting antsy. We have to do something. And so film has always, I kind of look back and it was always something I was always interested in and incorporated when when I could. There's a couple productions where I used film before, but um, obviously not this way, which was like making a film. And so that was really exciting. It was really creative and just kind of fun to do, if you can use fun during those deep lock, lockdown periods of, of the pandemic and just like those critical times where it was like hearing the like an orchestra for the first time in like two years where we just like, it was like forbidden. It was just beautiful memories are associated with that now and, and you get to capture it, which is another part of it. Like you document it and it exists.
0: I think a lot of artists, during the pandemic obviously went through this very dark period. But and I think that the that we're seeing now a lot of artists having sort of looked within themselves and really found inspiration in that darkness. So the real lightness coming through and amazing creative projects are are coming to life following that experience.
1: Well that's exactly it. It was kind of who got hit the hardest yes companies got hit hard but like the government subsidized them quite a bit so yes they weren't able to produce operas or concerts but they were taken care of and artists weren't really at all um and so they had to kind of realize and that you know that are they dependent on this industry or are they dependent on themselves and i think that gave them a lot of agency to figure out who they wanted to be, whether that was in this industry, whether that was like, I want to be a doctor now, or I want to be a lawyer. And that was kind of motivating that way. I had a lot of, we had a lot of peers our our own age who kind of got into wanting to teach and they are now at universities, which was kind of a huge shock as well to kind of jolt of energy that way. But then we also saw, which we wanted to do with Messiah complexes, say, okay, singer, Um, amazing singer. What do you want this piece to be about? How can we best support you? And uh, what would you want to say with this as opposed to me or the company dictating, you have to do it this way. And that I think really came through is just, um, we got to see not just the singer, but who they were, where they're from and um, yeah, what's important to them as well.
0: Yeah, I think we're seeing a dramatic shift uh in our industry as a result. So all this innovation is also the result of artists sort of looking within and feeling more confident to express themselves and to let leaders know what what they want to do artistically and they're feeling less intimidated maybe. Is I'm um, in That's some cases.
1: Yeah, knowing that it all went away like, like that. Um, they're like, if I'm going to do this, then I'm just not going to, yeah, I am going to speak up. I'm going to say something. And because if this company doesn't hire me, fine. And there's still, I, I hope that really sticks. And I think it will in terms of just more confidence in artists and in the generation kind of emerging now. And I've even heard from like people on social media who are like, I wish, I could I wish I could have been an artist now as opposed to 10 15 years ago where I just wasn't accepted the way the industry is accepting people now.
0: Yeah well i I mean, it's definitely a ray of sunshine, so I hope that we keep on um pushing the clouds aside and and yeah. really discovering all these new artists so something I wanted to talk to you about, which I talked to you about before the before bringing you on, was about reviews. I know it's just kind <clears throat> of a weird question to ask you, but I figured because you wear so many hats as an artistic director as a director in on the stage and in film and you're married to a singer. So I wanted (laughs) to ask you about reviews with all this change happening, you know, we can just freely discuss it. So what do you think a review of a production should include?
1: Oh man. So Lizzie, this is, and I love that you want to talk about this because it is such, it can be such a hot topic when, when I, emerged out of opera school it was kind of like i need i need a review i need something that says joel Ivney's show either was fantastic or sucked it was really bad i just needed something so that you know those early days it was like i want something for the website or something for social media something that that validates who i am in this industry kind of that way, as I'm, as we're going to probably get into a little bit, it's shifted and changed a whole lot now, but what does a review need to do? I think in some degrees, I still think it is important to document what was done. Um, it sort of says this happened at this point in time. So, you know, that's what I think the original Opera Canada started as. And so equally w- within newspapers or all that. So I think that documentation of this happened on this date, this show, um, these singers. Um, but then you get into like that thing about the critical, like, what is a reviewer supposed to comment on? Um, yeah, I don't know where do we, where do we start with this? Um, what should it include? Yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you want to go? <laughs>
0: no i i mean um i i obviously read a lot of reviews and always have um in my past life as a publicist um yeah. i it was my job to read every re- review that included a client something i've noticed uh also being married to a violinist is that the orchestra is often huh. only mentioned via the conductor which yeah. i find Interesting, (laughs) especially when that conductor's just come in and of course they they play a a big role, but also all of those 80 people play a a huge role in in the success of that production. So, you know, and it's hard. We can't include everything in a review. There's usually a limit of of word count, but uh, a review I was reading recently, I think it was in the New York Times, only mentioned the conductor and never once mentioned the orchestra.
1: And that's the thing, like, if it were a symphony review, that would be there, right? And so what is the difference between a symphony review and an opera review? Yeah, the conductor, well, not even the conductor, conductors in both, but singers. And so it's just how come, exactly, how come we don't mention the orchestra, which are pretty critical, valuable points? You mentioned being being married to a singer. I know for a fact that they're grueling to read. Some singers do, some singers don't, some singers try to avoid, but because they're looking for that one, and typically, like you said, there's a word count. And so if you're lucky, a reviewer may mention a singer and they may mention like one line. And so you're banking on that one line. And does a reviewer know that to say how I word my words could be extracted from a publicist standpoint or, or is it worded in such a way you can't pull anything out of there? So it's kind of like, what was the point of doing that from a, from a singer's perspective as well? So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I've started at Opera Canada, I've started only putting the reviews online and that's not to say that they're not as important, but Opera Canada is a quarterly magazine. And by the time the reviews are printed, it, it's three months after the show, so in many cases. And so I thought perhaps readers would appreciate just having the review there as soon after the show as possible.
1: And that is brilliant, like because you see these spikes from a management standpoint. So from Edmonton Opera Against the Grain, if we're doing a show live, part of, especially for those more um, regional companies, we're trying to sell tickets as well. And a review sat, sadly still helps in terms of, and I don't mean sadly, but it's just, it is telling the public whether something is good to come see, because I don't want to, that FOMO, that feeling of I'm missing out on something. If there's something good that I should attend, that review is shared and encouraged. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like it's a good show, so I must go see it. do they, ask who's writing it or how long they've followed opera or not followed opera at all. That's another question. But, um, so part of that is like, what is it that motivates, Yeah, you know, what's the reason for that as well?
0: Yeah. What you, I'm curious about productions that have not necessarily, um, the same production, but maybe the same show that happens over and over again, things like La Boheme or Carmen or Tosca. What are your feelings about the plot? Um, explanation in reviews. You know how sometimes, it, like, you start reading the review and then yeah. it's like here's a plot of, of like, uh, again.
1: <laughs> exactly, and yeah, there's there's two hundred or one hundred and forty words out of your two fifty, and I so it's kind of wonder like wonder
0: whether or not I should just have a little synopsis uh, link for there those operas. But I mean, of course, with um, new opera works. That have never been seen world premieres, or or even uh, just pieces that have been done in the last five years, ten years. That's fine, you know. We're unfamiliar with them. But for the war horses, I'm just starting to wonder whether or not I should just get my reviewers to
1: to just get get out comment on on what else it is, because that's the thing. And. I think like like we talked about how the industry is kind of changing and moving forward, I'm of the mind now it's kind of like if you and this is me, if you don't have anything nice to say, like just don't say it. Why why are we getting into this point where we're just wanting to tear people down? Like I will comment three good things, but I will make sure that there's one element that I just rip apart. Um I don't know what that does for that person. I don't know what it does for for the person who reads it to sort of say oh that that person is oh they're awful now so like is that meant to make me feel like okay that's too bad that that singer or conductor is just garbage now and that's just one opinion at one time either so it's kind right. of yeah i
0: guess it i guess it totally depends on whether or not it's presented in a, a way that for instance if if the drama isn't working Um, But I would, of course, all reviews should exclude any sort of derogatory or unbased negativity.
1: I think so. I think like that's where we're at now. I think we don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) Um, That used to be like a big thing of of what reviews were so that you sort of get an honest assessment of who this person is, but we're also getting into a a time where it's yeah I'm sure, where we want to invest in new writers to bring out new ideas and more understanding of not just what this art form is but where the world is right now as well and
0: i'm I, I'm hoping that a reviewer will take me to that performance right and and really describe the magical moments and why they were magical. And I find that that's actually a very rare quality to find.
1: Yes. Like that, that's what it is, right? I think it's a fine line between, yeah, like telling the story of this is what happened and this is why this was special this night. Um, if nothing was special, then it's kind of like, I'm not going to write a review or Right. You know, rather than this was dull, this was awful. And part of it, they could have just been very hangry. They could have been grumpy going in like who's to say I want the review of the reviewer to understand where, where that point is coming from as well.
0: It, you know, one idea that I've had in my head, which I haven't acted upon, is do you remember Speaker's Corner?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like we need Speaker's Corner For productions like I feel like there should be a little box and people can go in and I don't know how hard this would be like I feel like Opera Canada should have a little box at each house in Canada and people can go in and just press play and say this is what I'm thinking about this is what moved me for this production and I'm gonna give it uh this many stars you know and then there's an, like a live audience poll. Yeah. A live audience
1: survey. Exactly. That's more, I would be more and not to knock your writers, but I'd be more in favor of that and trust that as opposed to one person who traditionally has been like uh, an older white man who is kind of making the decisions for all. And I know that that is changing, thankfully, but um, yeah, speaker's corner was fabulous because you get to feature the people who are kind of experiencing it from all different walks of life. Yeah, You see it a bit with some companies kind of do that post-show kind of red carpet vibe, but I, yeah, a speaker's corner would be a much easier, simpler way to kind of do that.
0: Now now I'm, 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 I now need to look into how to make this happen. I feel like yeah, well, it needs to be, everywhere it should be at the at the opera at the symphony and we should yes. just have this box everywhere I wonder if there's a grant I can apply for um, let's do it
1: we can prototype it in yeah. Edmonton yeah
0: let's we'll this happen
1: <laughs> let's make it happen
0: <laughs> um I would like to ask you um since you were just at the opera summit in Vancouver if you have anything to say about that about your experience in Vancouver
1: it was a great experience one it was great that Everyone kind of gathered again. It had been a long time. There was also a great energy from, I think one cool stat was over 50% of the people that attended were artists themselves. So singers, writers, directors, producers. So that was very cool. And there was this energy and buzz of sort of the smaller, I don't, indie scene, I guess you could call it, that was present, who were featured. And then there was still that, small table of people which now i was included and invited to attend being in edmonton opera where you know the smaller larger companies that are represented but there was just more there was just more of that swell of this indie scene that is emerging and i i really think you need both but um i think that tension is going to healthy tension is going to keep growing in terms of. Um, what is, what do we always need those carmens? Yes, we need the carmens, but then there's going to be new innovative shows, new shows that are going to be emerging and coming through, which, um, as you're probably seeing at Opera Canada is it's not just opera is not just this one thing, but it's a myriad of different energies and people and personalities and cultures. And that's so cool to see coming through.
0: That's great. I was very sorry to miss it. So uh, you have Orfe coming up? Should I call it Orfe Plus?
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Is that, <laughs> yeah, be, is that how I say plus. that out
0: loud? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, at Edmonton Opera, and that originated with Against the Grain and won five Dora Awards in um, when it was created, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's starring our um, winter issue cover person, uh, Charlene Joint. Uh, so that's very exciting.
1: We are so excited. And, and Charlene is one of those artists who is so real. She's such a personality. And um, we first worked with her in 2014, I think. Uh, she did Uncle John, our reimagined Don Giovanni at Against the Grain. And it was kind of fr- fresh after her experience um, uh, on, on The Bachelor, which we didn't talk about because we didn't want her for that reason, but we want her because she's an incredible performer and singer and just, she is so down to earth and real and, and almost as a prototype example of an artist now where multiple kind of avenues of creating buzz, revenue, like income, um, and you can do it all. It's not to say you have to just be an opera singer. Uh, She's been doing that for a long time. And so, yeah, we can't wait to welcome her back to Edmonton Opera. And to star in this production, I think, is going to be a treat. It's going to be pretty cold end of January in Edmonton. But um, yeah, excited to have her here with with a great group of people.
0: Yeah, uh, Charlene is from Ottawa. And um, I have uh, some very old memories. <laughs> of uh, seeing Charlene at the Kiwanis Music Festival, nice because um, I used to be a singer. Uh, obviously, Miriam is also from Ottawa, so there we are. Um, and I remember sh- hearing Charlene singing the Olympia's aria in concert. Oh wow! Very, very wow! Young. Yeah, That's so very we look back, um, and so I'm very excited to feature her. And uh, she's incredibly intelligent. Um, such a such a strong businesswoman, and yeah. um, also just it's just a an amazing voice,
1: so. amazing voice, yeah, and very funny. She's a very funny person as well, and so um, it's amazing to see how her career has developed and just continues to thrive. And um, yeah, yeah, she's one of those bright spots.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today, and. Uh, I'm I'm hoping you'll come back sometime and we can talk about something else.
1: Yeah, Lizzie, I random. love that. <laughs> any any and all of those hot topics uh, are are good. Are good to do, so I'm all, all game for that. Thanks for inviting me.